It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. That created stocks with an earthquake, birds, snakes, and aeroplanes. Many fruits is not afraid. I have a fatigue, listen to yourself, the world, but it don't need something to your own head. Speed it up and I've seen got no shoes. The ladder from the platter with the fear fight down, like fire in a fire, but the system of the gang, the government for hiring the combat site. But it wasn't coming in a hurry, the jury beat it down your neck. Welcome to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Your source for information on how to succeed if everything else fails. And now, your hosts, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. This is the Hour of Doom. And Bloom! Man, you better believe it. Hey, friends and neighbors, welcome to the Doom and Bloom Survival Medicine Hour, a scintillating second of serenity in a sinister world. Uh I'm Joe Alton, MD, also known as Dr. Bones of doomandbloom.net, where you'll find 700 posts, videos, podcasts, all sorts of stuff on medical preparedness for any disaster. I am a fossil with a fixation, and that is to put a medically prepared person in every family for any disaster. My co-host, are you Nurse Amy? Yes, I'm Amy Alton. I'm an advanced registered nurse practitioner and a certified nurse midwife. And yes, I am also called Nurse, nurse Amy. Amy. <laughs> and we have just come from tending a booth at the Survival Expo in Niagara Falls, Ontario. So beautiful. It is beautiful here in nice the falls. Nice people. Falls are gorgeous. That's right. So we've had a, a good time. We had a nice talk today. Amy's going to be doing a talk on medical supplies tomorrow if you happen to be in Niagara Falls. Uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. And it's we, all free. And absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> hey, friends and neighbors, if you've been injured in an accident, with a belligerent beaver. Well, our attorney says, don't call me, call Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, and listen to this. All information given and opinions voiced on Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's Survival Medicine Hour are for entertainment purposes only and do not represent medical advice for anything other than post-apocalyptic settings. No contract or provider-patient relationship exists or is implied between the hosts and listeners. Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy strongly urge their audience to seek modern and standard medical care whenever and wherever it is available. That's right, but we're here to help if it isn't. Hey, where's the twinkle, Bullwinkle? We <laughs> learn as much from you as you do from us, so connect with us. It's easy. Here's Nurse Amy to tell you how. Absolutely. You can contact us by email at dr. That's Dr. Bones, B-O-N-E-S, podcast at AOL.com. You can also follow us on Facebook. At our group, Survival Medicine, Dr. Bones, and Nurse Amy. We have a couple of Facebook pages, Doom and Bloom and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. You can follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show. And don't forget our YouTube channel with over 100 videos. Yay. Unbelievable. Amazing. And that channel is Dr. Bones, Nurse Amy. And we have a video cast 
first and third Wednesdays of every month at AroundTheCabin.com. That's right. Just look at their Wednesday schedule and you'll see it. Hey, you know, we talked recently about a deadly outbreak of Legionnaire's disease, a bacterial infection that killed 10, that killed, well, last week it killed three people. Now it's killed 10 people and sickened 108 people in the last 30 days and is still under investigation in the South Bronx of New York City. The new wave of Legionnaires, which is a type of pneumonia, by the way, almost 10 times the number of cases recorded in the last outbreak. The cause has been traced to contamination in cooling towers at Co-op City, the world's largest cooperative housing development. Well, this disease is caused by Legionella. It's a bacteria found in mostly in plumbing and climate control systems. But I'll tell you, if you have one of those big giant air conditioners, you live in an apartment house, you better check out those filters. It's spread by breathing in mist from water, but luckily it can't be spread from person to person. So no pandemic here probably, but look out for it. Symptoms of Legionnaire's disease include fever, cough, chills, and muscle aches. Eating spicy food is associated with a reduced risk for death. This according to a large study in the British Medical Journal. Study participants were enrolled between 2004 and 2008 in a large Chinese health study. Oh, no wonder. They've got a lot of people there. And researchers followed them for an average of more than seven years, recording actually 20,000 deaths. After controlling for family medical history, age, education, diabetes, smoking, other variables, researchers found that compared with rarely eating hot food, mainly chili peppers, having it regularly once a week or twice a week resulted in a 10% reduced overall risk for death. Consuming spicy food six to seven times a week reduced the risk by 14%. Rates of coronary artery disease, respiratory diseases, cancers were all lower in hot food eaters. Now, the authors of the study, however, draw no conclusions about cause and effect, but they note that capsaicin, the main ingredient in chili peppers, has been found in other studies to have antioxidant and anti-inflammatory properties. Well, no kidding. I've been saying for years that capsaicin is a natural ingredient with a number of medicinal benefits, and I keep some around in case I keel over from a heart attack, right? Yes. That's right. I would <laughs> use it, and I would use aspirin. It's a good one-two punch in off-grid settings. If you want to have a strategy that might help for coronary artery disease, consider it incorporating it regularly in your diets even better. So put some spice in your food storage and spice in your life, right, honey? That's right. And you might just live longer. A little bit longer, yes. <laughs> Yay. Hey, we're on the road, so I'm going to spare you our usual series of commercials about things that we uh, produce and our medical kits and our books and DVDs and all that other stuff. But I do want to ask you for a favor. I want you to follow us on Twitter at Prepper Show, our Twitter handle, and also follow us on one of our Facebook pages, Doom and Bloom or Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, or join our awesome survival medicine group, survival medicine dr bones nurse amy we're also on google plus we're also on linkedin so feel free to connect with us we want to hear from you and we want to be part of your community we want you to be part of ours thanks a lot hey i know you're going to like our guest tonight 
Our guest is Southern author Ron Foster. Ron Foster has shared his vast knowledge, honestly, in a large library of books about survival and preparedness, both fiction and nonfiction. I guess he's best known for his prepper fiction, but even his fiction books are loaded with survival and self-sufficiency techniques that anyone can learn from. Besides a military background, Ron has many academic achievements. Among them, Ron has received a Bachelor of Science degree from Empire State College in Human Services with a specialty in Emergency Management Administration and Planning, with a number of other certifications in Emergency Management as well from other institutions. Now here's a man with knowledge to share who knows how to share it. Here's Nurse Amy's interview with Ron Foster. Well, Ron, welcome to the show. I guess the first thing I noticed about you is your incredible output of writing and the preparedness genre. Um, Why don't you just say hello and tell us how you got started and what is the secret to your productivity? Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me on the show. You're welcome. It's been a long time. I know. Uh, (laughs) Productivity-wise, I just... uh, keep prepping and uh, keep thinking up different ways to approach the same problem or you see uh, new threats arise out there and you start thinking about how to handle them. And then as for my other readers, sometimes I tell them I drink with imaginary characters so <laughs> I can dream up something. <laughs> now, how did you really get started in, in prepping and then writing? How did you get started? Well, I've always been a Boy Scout or a homesteader of some kind. They just finally put a label on it, I guess of what I actually do uh, when I was in the garden. Well, I, I think Boy Scouts, oh, okay, absolutely. That that You know what, all of those things put together kind of pushed you in that direction, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I was responding to uh, hurricanes and whatnot from, I guess, about 1976 on. Did you actually participate uh, here in South Florida? We had Hurricane Andrew, which most people don't really know about because the Internet wasn't, really going on too much back then. Everybody remembers Katrina, but were you part of Hurricane Andrew? Uh, I went down to Frederick and everything else down there in Mobile. Every, every time you all have something down there, we get a blow-up through Alabama. <laughs> we share. We want to share the the wonderfulness of the destruction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it comes all the way up, and then, you know, uh, Montgomery's a couple hundred miles away in the center of the city. The state, sure. and, and we get hurricanes inland. A lot of people don't understand that it just doesn't hit the coast. It hits everything. Absolutely. And a lot of what what misses us, our thoughts are, okay, bounce off of us and either go up to the Carolinas um, or New York City. Or, yeah, that's, or, that's where we'd like to send it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our wish. Um, but otherwise, we hope that it swings down around Cuba and goes up in the Gulf and, you know, sadly, we're, we're – trying to pray for our own homesteads and unfortunately what it ends up doing is hitting you guys i'm sorry <laughs> yeah it skips across uh, or it comes up from mexico way and skips across texas louisiana and then comes down around us uh every once in a while you get it coming in off of panama city but usually yep. y'all y'all get it first coming in off the big ocean i know <laughs> yeah it's always it's going to hit florida and then it'll It'll either hit us or it, it veers one way or the other. So we're always saying just just bounce off of us. Now uh, you have an uncanny ability to write both fiction and nonfiction, which is pretty rare. Most people have a genre and they stick with it. Um, what is your approach to each of these? 
Well, I think if you're going to write about something, especially uh, survival tactics, things of this nature, if you're just not repeating everybody else's uh, themes or, or instructions, uh, you have a lot to share. I, I grew up country, so I, I have things that aren't in survival books or outlooks, or I try to tell them, uh, you know, like how to get along with nature. A lot of people don't even think about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have somebody come from the city and you take them to the woods, they're going to tromp in a straight line, I explained to them. The one thing that tromps in a straight line, noises like that, is a man in the woods. You know, move a little bit, stop, watch, listen, and uh, get them in the, the spirit of nature and things. And they'll actually be able to see things, like you can see a deer or whatnot, instead of the whole forest going, ah, here comes a man. You know, that makes perfect sense. So, you for the um, nonfiction... Um, you sort of use your imagination? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, also? <laughs> I have applications of things that I know. Well, for give you an example, I'm, I just got a new product in to review, one of them uh, Sawyer uh, portable filters, and I was like, cool, 100,000 gallons. I, I have one of the uh, old Frontier models, you know, in mm-hmm. my desk. And I was looking at the thing, they use a, a syringe to backwash it. And I hadn't read the instructions yet, but I started looking at that syringe, and I said, you know how hard it is to get water out of a mud puddle in the city? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't this be perfect, you know? And I told you know, my brother that. He's a non-prepper. He says, for backwashing, you know, you're going to contaminate your water. I said, it's a filter. You know, <laughs> how are you going to get it out of the mud puddle unless you put a cloth in there and you're going to wring it out? I said, That's easier. So I, I look at things with a survival mind and then add that to my repertoire of what I suggest for people to do. You know, they go out here and they spend all this money buying uh, this and that survival kit, and all they need is some uh, rat traps and some MRE pita butter, and they can feed themselves off squirrels and things of that nature. So I approach problems differently. I love it. Now, do you uh, do any classes? No. Uh, the books teach you okay. to go. That's what everybody likes okay. about the books, you know, because they learn survival. Instead of reading a dry survival book, they learn it in, in a fictional manner as they go and they can remember a character what they did in a situation better than they can actually how to do something you know that they read in the survival book right right well i have to say you know our book is pretty dry <laughs> when you read the survival medicine handbook you're not getting any you know stories out of it, it it's unfortunate um we do sort of leave that up to other others who write fiction to maybe include some of these medical scenarios so they get the idea oh yeah i should learn about that um so it's it's nice that you're able to make characters and and have them interesting and have people invested in them i think it's almost like people get to know your characters as their friends i i think that's how how it works and why they become addicted to the books oh that's nice yeah i'll put y'all in as characters one time that'd be great i, I put a lot of the old preppers in there in the past uh-huh you know before well, we uh started recording we were talking about how many people come and go how much you know you can only talk about you know like how to pure will fire water so long or something of that nature yeah but you know these it's are big channels and big following so like people like uh lowbuck prepper and swede and all that sort of thing you know who the person was so when you're trying to imagine the characters me kind of taking literary license and playing with them a little bit there you go. Well, if you do one about me, make her strong and tough, because I grew up in Georgia. <laughs> and my dad was in the Air Force, and he, you know, we, it wasn't like, I'm going to teach you survival skills, but my dad taught us survival skills, just day to day. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot about life. I, I was an Air Force brat also. I say that because that's what we called ourselves back then, yeah. you know? Yeah, Air Force brat. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, Maxwell and all that sort of thing. And uh, I'm probably one of the few people out here that's, that did uh, regular Army, Army Guard and Air National Guard. Wow, that's wonderful. Well, it gave you a lot of uh, experience and a lot of stories to draw from uh, for your books. But I want to hear a little bit about your worldview. Uh, do you think things are peachy keen, or do you think we're going to heck in a handbasket? We've got huge problems out here between ISIS, uh, which is no Al-Qaeda. They don't care. Uh, <laughs> Al-Qaeda didn't care either, but these people are much more organized, have more money, and... They can use the social media, which Al-Qaeda did not use, uh, to influence and, and bend these strange people's minds over here. Right. We're having problems with uh, cyber attacks. is a huge thing. People just don't realize uh, how many cyber attacks go on every day. For example, uh, when you know, in my research and whatnot, like I, I put uh, the Google alert on cyber attacks, and I get six, seven messages a day of things being attacked. And the latest is... Uh, they're discussing how easy it is to take over the military's power facilities on the base. Oh, my gosh. With a cyber attack, I'm like, uh, do what? Do you all supposed to be, <laughs> you know? And and uh, it's something that simple. They're, they're like protecting communication and everything else, but they didn't get around to saying, hey, the base is on separate power. Unbelievable. Well, what do you think is the biggest threat to our country today? Is it is it the natural disasters that we were just discussing a a little bit ago, like the hurricanes, or do you think this is going to be something that's more man-made, like the cyber attacks? Well, uh, basically, uh, my solar storm is my favorite thing to write about EMP, and I keep an eye on that. Mm -hmm. That's always looming for us as a, uh, the natural disaster slate wiper type thing go goes on. Uh, not so much like a slate wiper when you say uh, a disease, like in, in your genre. Uh, this would be in the United States if our power grid went down, be it from a natural disaster or a cyber attack. Uh, that would kill off, they say, you know, 90% of everybody in a year. Uh, I see more terrorism coming in and reducing rights, and so that's our biggest threat currently, I think, right now. Uh, and that by overreacting to the terrorists, uh, we will lose our freedoms, and uh, everything spins out of control from there. Well, I, I think we got a real taste of that with um, 911, you know, the, the overreaction, and now we all have to take off, you know, our belts, and we have to remove everything from our pockets, and we have to get x-rayed. <laughs> you know, and, and you know. you're, you're profiling if you go, hey, there's a Muslim over there, <laughs> even though that's what you know who did it all right instead of patting down the you know the little seven-year-old child or the 80-year-old lady in her wheelchair who who might have a foley bag or something is embarrassing to to be checked check the people who might actually be a threat to this country mm. well go ahead you have a thought no no i was i was just thinking i was when I get on that subject, I, they'll put Buddha Akbar or something on the plane first. I mean, I don't want to denigrate Muslims in particular, but, uh, I mean, that's where, where the problem came from. And I've got uh, degrees, multiple degrees in uh, terrorism, et cetera, in beliefs and political systems. Mm -hmm. uh, that A lot of people don't understand that that is a religion that 
controls everything from banking to politics to anything. Uh, and they're allowed to lie to you. It's written in their book. Anybody that says it's, it's a morality issue with me, you know, when I was raised, you, you don't lie. And in their race, it says it's okay to lie if you're talking to somebody that's not a Muslim. So, well, because we're infidels. Yeah. So that's that's that really irks me. You know. It, it it is it is very difficult, and and they will do it straight to your face, and that's the whole thing with Iran right now. No matter what they say, they in their religion, it is okay to lie to us straight to our face, sign anything, promise the world, but in the reality of their world, it doesn't matter what they said to us or what they signed. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I, I have to agree with you. And, and I, I do think that it's probably not going to be a sudden terrorist attack that brings down this country. I do agree with you that it's, it's going to be subtle. Things are going to happen here, going to happen there. And every time something happens, more of our American freedoms are going to be taken away from us in the spirit of protecting the American people. Oh, well, you can't do that anymore. You can't have this. You can't say this. You can't write this. You can't go here. You can't do this. You have to be home at a certain time, and it's all for your safety. Oh, yeah. Well, I can agree and disagree with that, because I think if it does happen, I mean, the government doing what they want on small things, be it a false flag or whatever, mm-hmm. but if they actually do it... Uh, you're going to have a situation that America doesn't even understand. Uh, they already have plans out there. They, they've tried. Well, you have the electrical attack on the power station. Nobody found out who that was out in California. Mm-hmm. You have the FBI trying to investigate why so many Muslims want to be bus drivers. Uh, they're going to take over the school like they did in Chechnya, uh, torture the poor kids, do this and that. Parents, I mean, the mass media, the, the plans are there, and people are not looking at what's going to actually happen. So all this will go on at once. It doesn't take very many people to totally right. just shut down the system and put the fear in everybody else, and that's what they want. And exactly. Can, uh, well, cartel in Mexico. Here, here's ten million dollars. Go over there and uh, shoot up a bunch of power stations for us. They don't even have to come over, and they got the money to do it. That that is a, a system of of brainwashing. You, tor- if you torture one person in a neighborhood, and everyone else knows about it, they'll do whatever it takes. They'll agree to anything so that that doesn't happen to them. But you only yeah, have we to do it. Al Qaeda had a plan. Uh, right. When I, uh, some American uh, Beslan, BSLN mm-hmm. in Chechnya, when they they took over a school, Beslan took terrorists took over a school. Exactly how they are going to do it, and they use, uh, like, you know, here's a kid standing on top of a bomb. If you step off of it, it'll blow. Put him right in front of the doors type thing. Uh, just horrible, horrible uh, things. Anybody needs to figure that out, needs to read that book, and that'll really scare the devil out of you what's coming towards us. Oh, well, let's um, let's go back to your books a little bit. Now, from a natural disaster standpoint, your uh, Prepper's Road March trilogy is one of your most popular works. Can you explain the solar maximum, and do you think we're past that particular peril? Uh, solar maximum is, occurs, they say, every 11 years, but every time they declare something, the scientists declare something, they, little changes happen. 
I was looking at the news this morning, getting ready for that question that we were discussing, mm-hmm. and they're saying now, since it's been, the sun has been so quiet, this is the quietest it's ever been during solar maximum, that uh, we're in for cooling, global cooling for decades. Mm-hmm. Which the opposite side, you know, the crazies out there, they're saying, oh, well, the, the sun's not cooling it, it's because the ocean currents are cooling. And then they'll try to attach it to, <laughs> oh, the glaciers are melting, that's what's making it cold. It's craziness. So they don't really know, and they keep saying, well, we don't know if solar maximums are done or not yet, because, like, what is it, two weeks ago we had five uh, coronal mass ejections go off at once. And uh, that's, you know, wasn't even in their uh, predictions at all. And they, they keep saying, well, we don't really know, or, or whatever I know, they change or they go back. Like uh, They're studying earthquakes now. We've always known earthquakes for a long time. Mm-hmm. The community came with those. Uh, scientists are now admitting it. I don't know if uh, you've seen the articles uh, in your uh, field of expertise where they're saying that uh, these geomagnetic storms, et cetera, affect people's health uh, much more um. than about interesting well i mean you know we we are negative and positive so anything's possible that's for sure statistics for everybody going in for heart attacks etc on the particular days that these type of occurrences are happening they they formed a pattern Mm -hmm. and so now that's there's a lot of study going on with that and then people that have that are, are are subject to mood swings also which I was like, hmm, mood swings. Lovely. People are crazy enough as it is. What happens when you get a big <laughs> one going, you know? There are zombies, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, we like to feel like we're in control of what goes on in this world, but there are so many things that control our weather, everything, everything. It was, we, it's, our sense of control is just an illusion, Exactly. Or oh, you notice the weather reports have been bad for a long time, and nobody's been saying much about it. Uh, you know, we, the solar storm took out the U.S. weather satellite. We've been getting our reports from Europe. And oh, I didn't know that one. It. Yeah, and it, but I mean, they they didn't say that in the news. I mean, you got like two blurbs, and that was it. You know, so you're getting your weather from a European model until we get another satellite up there. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Wow, I've been wrong so wrong here lately. Yeah, I I. I didn't know that. And like you said, they just bury it. It's like, oh, well, this happened. It it fried, but we'll still get the information. Um, from a, a man-made disaster standpoint, let's talk a little bit more about cyber attacks. And I know you discussed that our infrastructure is vulnerable. Can you just expand on that a little bit more for our, our listeners? Oh, sure. Well, we can uh, say even if it's not our infrastructure, just a ma- mass of chaos that they, you can cause with things people don't even think of. Uh, we'll start with, uh, what was it, uh, a week ago, they had to uh, do a recall on all the Chrysler Jeeps because the guy's driving at 70 miles an hour, and mm-hmm. one of the nice hackers out here said, let me show you what I can do with this. He can take mm-hmm. the transmission, the brakes, the steering, whatever he wants. I saw that. That yeah, was Well, you that can imagine that. Now, now change all the lights in the city, you know, like stoplights or whatever. Those are things that are pretty easy. Plus, they got on the... I think you all have on your first response vehicle something that triggers a light when you're driving towards it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, the ambulances can do that. Okay. Yes, well, can. how about if a hacker gets a hold of that? Yep, and shuts everything down. They'll still go through, but unfortunately it's going to be extremely dangerous. 
No, I mean, but if they, you know, like blast refinery on one side of town and mess up all the lights on the other side of town so nobody can get there, I mean, they can do all kinds of stuff. It just takes a, a, a twisted mind to sit there and play with it. We used to call that red teaming, where we pretend like we were terrorists and attack something so we could figure out where the loopholes were to close them. Well, that makes sense. And most people just go about their days. You know, we get up, we get in the car, we drive somewhere, expect the light will eventually turn green, and everyone will get a fair amount of time to get through the light. We, ex- we just expect the system to be functioning every single day. Uh, it's, a very, it's a very rare person, I think, um, and obviously you're one of them, that sits there and says, okay, uh, let's think about, uh, say, our water system. How is our water system vulnerable? What could they do, um, and how can the people who are taking care of that part of our system protect it better than it is protected right now? Oh, sure. Well, that's what one thing I did in prep a road march. I pretended like you know I was an emergency manager that got stuck 25 miles away from his bug out bag mm-hmm. in the wrong direction. So he had to go home, you know, with nothing except what he could find. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, like, if you're in a city, how do you find water in a city? Right. Uh, It's basically pretty easy if you tell somebody, like, uh, you can take a a clear plastic bag out of one of those uh, garbage cans in the executive building, put it over some uh, tree limbs. You got water in in a matter of hours from the sun. It's tree transpiration. I can't say that word. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, tongue twister. Yeah, and... uh, you can do that sort of thing, or they have a, these special keys you can get for like $4. You've seen those big, uh, I forgot the name of them off the top of my head. Uh, you know, like this big. I think uh, I know what you're talking about. Like hydrant a... looking holes sticking out the side yes. of the, you know, buildings. Yeah. Uh, you can buy one of those keys for like $4. So if you happen to live in one of those kind of buildings, that would be a cool thing for you to have because you can access water when you wanted to. Oh, that's great. I would never have thought about doing that. Yeah. Well, that would definitely give you some water as long as there's water pressure still going on. Yeah, because, I mean, like a you know 10-story building, all that water in the pipes is just coming down to the bottom, so it's just gravity fit. Perfect. Uh, and you can open it and close it as needed. Yeah. So you're in the water business, basically. And then my, my characters always do a lot of horse trading for whatever they want to do. Uh-huh. And the art of barter is something that a lot of people don't have. You know, somebody says a price to you, and in America, you, you you take it at that price usually, unless you're talking about a car or something. But uh, other things, they're not used to how you get out in the country down here in Alabama and do it, or or if you're over in another country. To yes, it's called going to flea markets every weekend. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> there you go. I lo- I learned that boy art. big time. <laughs> it's an art. Yeah. It is. I, I definitely want my dad up in Georgia. Either I need to get up to him or he needs to get down to here if something happens. Because uh, I don't think anyone's as good as that man in bartering. I'm sure I'm wrong. But he's, he's amazing. Uh, in fact, it, it's funny you just mentioned bartering. I just put up a video for uh, Joe about um, 30 minutes ago. And it's on bartering. And it's just discussing uh, collecting coins silver or gold coins uh, versus things like, of course, our genre, medical supplies, and how, you know, one is probably a little bit better than the other in the end because money is going to be worthless if you're starving or somebody is sick. You can't eat it. I mean, if I, I was just 
came back here, what I call my prepper shack. I've been going for a couple of weeks, and then while mm-hmm. I was gone, I got green hornworms on my tomatoes. Ugh. And those things will devastate a crop you know, oh. in like a day. They're but, awful. They're yeah, very but, hungry. Hungry, hungry. <laughs> you know, Dipel, you know, Bacillus thuringiensis, you're basically doing biological warfare on those things. They'll knock them out in a day, but I wasn't here to do it. But that's also something I can't find in a grid-down situation. Uh, so that kind of supplies, you know, you'll trade anything for. You're going to lose your whole crop if you don't right. have this, right? Exactly. And exactly. it's an organic thing. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt the bees. It doesn't hurt humans. It, it only messes with green hornworms, which I mean, Beef picking them off by hand. Of course, you can eat the things, but I've never been one to eat bugs. I don't have to. I yeah, I haven't done it, and they get real fat. They look, they're like real juicy and fat. When I, I oh, just yeah, they're nasty. Them. Yeah, when I was in special <laughs> I force, I push them. Yeah, I hate hate them. I was in special force. I had this one guy in there. The unit could eat anything. He knew I was squeamish about it. And he'd grab one of them things and have it hanging out of his mouth. Turn around, <laughs> and like gross out the the newbie over here. You know. I know. I think that's going to be one of my issues if there is a survival situation, is eating things that aren't normally served in our diet. <laughs> oh, I mean, I could eat uh, raccoons and possums. And a lot of people, you know, laugh at me about my, my fixation with possums. I even wrote the possum prepper guide, by the way. <laughs> there you which, go. Which, uh, that was based on uh, be a possum, right? What, possum's got everything <laughs> it needs to live in the city. Uh-huh. And the, the attitude of being a possum, that's what fit the book type thing, you know. But uh, I think raccoons do a good job, too, don't they? I just saw a raccoon a couple days ago go by my screen, not afraid of me, during the day, just walked by. And I'm in a development. I'm not out in the country right now. And he just wandered by. I'm like, hey, Mr. Raccoon, how you doing? You can't come on my patio today. <laughs> yeah, well, they go eat the you know the pet food, or somebody feeds them. When yeah. I was up in uh, uh, where was that? Connecticut. I went to culture shock in Connecticut. <laughs> so, <laughs> diamond appraiser at the uh, Crystal Mall down there. Uh, the girl that I was renting a room from fed these giant raccoons at the back door every day, and they're wild. And I'm like, I'm from Alabama. I know about raccoons. Now, don't be messing with them things, you know. Mm-hmm. The raccoons are smart. I mean, like <gasps> down here, they have dogs or something. The dog uh, will be chasing them. They'll go out in the water, and once the dog's in the middle of the thing, it'll circle back and climb on the dog's head and drown them. I mean, they're, they're smarter than you <gasps> think. Oh, yeah, and they have those opposable thumbs. They I mean, they're cute as a devil, but if you, they, they're mean. <laughs> they can get something. They can, yes. I mean, raccoons good. Barbecued raccoons wonderful but they have a fat on them if you don't get off uh-huh it's got a nasty taste to it and i put that in my books and i say hey you got to parboil them i tell them old country stuff i mean i love all animals i don't mess with anything i don't hunt anymore because right. i don't have to but i know how to and, and i'm very good at it uh, you know and in a grid down situation it's, i know raccoons are fascinated by anything shiny give me a gum wrapper i don't need any bait I can get him. He can't leave the thing alone. I know a, a bobcat, if I have a a feather moving in the wind over there, it's, it's going to mess with his head like a little cat when you're playing with it, you know? Oh, he's, he just can't help himself. He's got to go see what it is. Yep. 
Well, guys, just another reason to read Ron's books. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your evolution as a, a writer and a prepper. Are you the same man now after writing 35 books, and I believe you're on your 36th right now, as you were after the first Actually, one? I went out and counted them today. I got 40. Yeah. <laughs> 40! <laughs> I forgot. Well, I, I, I have a couple of those, but was three of them I didn't write. I was working with uh, Goat Hollow on what we call the Prepper Archaeology Project, uh-huh. which we were resurrecting old books that were out of print. Oh, good and, idea. And uh, we have a whole collection of those that we made. And so I got the old trapping and snaring manuals from the 1800s and whatnot. And, oh, that's uh, wonderful. Yeah, formatted them and put them on acid-free paper and all that sort of thing. And and here's somebody that, you know, this was a, the book back then. <laughs> and and that's... Out of copyright. And they said, right. Okay. And a lot of the, the, the things that we're trying to learn and the skills that we need to possibly survive uh, in a situation today are the same things that people did in the early 1900s, in uh, the mid-1800s. These are skills, and of course earlier, (laughs) these are skills that we don't learn, we don't know, and we have to relearn all of this. So these old books are fantastic for finding that information. Even even more interesting, I I was teaching a girlfriend back then, she's like, what do I do? I want to make money on the Internet. And I said, hey, I'm fooling with these books. Help me with this format and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she found a book called A Blockaded Family. It was how a Civil War family lived when the North came down. I said, oh, martial law. Cool. <laughs> wow. And no, and the money was no good. Economic collapse. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got to reading that, and they were talking about how to use uh, okra as a coffee substitute. Just tons of stuff I'd never heard okra. of before. Yeah. Interesting. And what they made buttons out of, and I mean, it was just all these different things that I had never even thought of, and I thought I was pretty well versed in uh, survival or getting by. These were everyday things they used back then, and and how the North and South, when it was occupied, Mm -hmm. uh, people got by, and how they bartered, and what was most important. It's quite an interesting read, but it was written by a woman in, in an old Southern family type thing, so I, I got my education with my my fantasy world. <laughs> And it, it works out pretty good. All you got to do is move it up today, and then you're in the same situation. Like, all right, it's martial law. We, we can't get this. We can't get that. You're right. Yeah. Yep, you're right. And it's just a, the same thing that we've heard a million times. History repeats itself. So we need to learn from the past so we don't make the same mistakes. Well, sure. We look at the people in Bosnia. I mean, that uh, one gentleman, I think he runs a SHTS school. Mm-hmm. Uh, lived, you know, in a city that was, uh, you got Christians against Muslims, plus you got armies against armies, and then everybody at the city is trying to get by, and it's, it's amazing uh, experiences that he gives out, too. It's good to learn from people who have actually been through these terrible situations. It's, it's one thing for us to live in our, you know, pretty safe area, and our system is still functioning, for what it is, but these people had systems that function, and then they went away, and they had to survive. They didn't have a choice. Well, sure. I mean, it's like uh, somebody seeking out medical care to, mm-hmm. from, to you, and who's going to protect your hospital from anybody who wants to steal medical supplies 
or the patient's coming towards you, all this and that. I mean, it's so many different layers to even have somebody as good as you available, then you become part of the society and have to choose sides, per se. Uh, it's not a Doctors Without Borders thing, you know. So I, I try to envision that in my story. It's like, uh, what goes on, on the outside? You know, I want to keep this doctor over here. What do we have to do? And then how do we get supplies? And, and uh, how do we prevent, you know, pileups? You know, like, or don't come. you got smallpox. You know, don't come to the hospital, please, you know. <laughs> right. Let's keep your highly contagious disease away from uh, the other people who might just have uh cuts and burns and broken legs because they're probably not going to die from those but you could kill some people yeah and then you got the other say, person they get a pimple they go oh i got smallpox take the kid <laughs> <Go> expose, <laughs> right? exactly exactly um <clears throat> now uh, joe and i've gone through the master gardener program in our state and we're really interested in gardening obviously i know about these uh tomato worms that I hate, um, and it especially pertains to survival. You know, obviously, if we don't have food, we're all going to starve to death. But what made you write a book about uh, bug, bug out gardening? Oh, bug out gardening! I, I saw everybody buying all these survival seeds, and I was reading the cans. Like, don't people understand that corn is one of the hardest things in the world to grow? <laughs> and I'm just watching the inflated. Uh, seed counts and the you know put asparagus seed in there it takes three years to grow who needs that right oh so uh i said all right if you all got these seeds you really want to know how to do it this is how you're going to do it because i've started many a farm from scratch and had no money mm-hmm. uh poor dirt etc and i'll tell you how to get what you got around the house or, or the grocery store right. that's your fertilizer and you're not going to be able to go to the store and get fertilizer if you bug out you just don't expect to just you know put plant seeds going to grow for you. Uh, that's not been my experience. We don't have rich land. You know, you can take some uh, peroxide. You can use Clorox. You can use uh, baking soda, gazillion things. I, I give a couple recipes in there for uh, do-it-yourself miracle grow. Uh, I call my bucket brigade. Everything that you need to have a garden for three seasons fits in one bucket. That's wonderful. Well, I think that's an absolute necessary book. I, I have written a lot about gardening. I've done some videos on gardening. But again, I'm, I'm in limited space. And my soil is the worst. It, it just, you know, hardly anything grows. We, even our grass is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I had the Garden Tower Project. Uh, get, this is a very neat thing. They were doing a Kickstarter and they asked me would I help them out. And I said, sure, give me one of those things. Let me try it out. And mm-hmm. over my book, you'll see a whole trailer full. That's a pallet load of them. And they're basically vermiculture. The, there's a tube down the middle. You drop your scraps in whatever, and there's worms in there, and they uh, do their thing, aerating the soil, et cetera. But they also, yep. when you're watering it, you got to draw up underneath there. And, and when you pull the water out of it, you use a worm in there. Yep. And, you can grow one of the most beautiful salad bars you've ever seen with one of those things. No, that's like, great. This is kind of cool, you know. And I can actually <laughs> take that thing apart with and take it with me if I had to, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at that, but I, basically uh, I was thinking about, you know, Joe Blow with his bug out gear. Everybody's got a pack of seeds in there. That's your hope, your survival, and I kind of expound <laughs> philosophically. Good luck with that. It's not going to happen. Never, no, you're so right. It's not going to happen, and you don't know 
what the soil is going to be like where you go. And where does everyone think they're going to go? They're going to go to some wooded area. Guess what is not going to grow with an entire day of shade? Any food whatsoever. You're going to have to be putting that out in a field, which in survival books, everyone says, oh, the field is where you're going to get killed because people are going to see you and they're going to shoot you or attack you. And so, you know, it's, you've got to make plans. You've got to think about these things. Yeah, well, I came up with the, the best way to do, irregardless of all my weird formulas and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it a disaster plaster. <laughs> you, know, you know, they used to call bandages and all that kind of things, uh, you know, band-aids, pl- a plaster. You know? Yes, pl- exactly. You put this on a problem. I talked to a number of seed companies and everybody, they want to sell, you know, heirloom vegetables and not even tell people there's 10,000 different kinds of heirloom vegetables. So the first thing is I tell you which ones are better. Which uh-huh. I said, you really want to have a garden. Let Mother Nature be your gardener. Get you about 15,000 seeds in one package and throw and grow. And I was going to do that. So start start your little vegetable garden over here, but have you a whole pack of these weed seeds that are edible? Mm-hmm. Those are guaranteed to grow. You might not like them, but... You don't have any problems, and you don't have to dig up any dirt for them either. I love it. And you'll see it growing at different stages. So you'll identify that while you're trying to get your regular vegetable garden growing. What is wild? What is edible? Right, wild edibles, exactly. And then you you have that skill, and a lot of people won't sit down and read or remember or have that book with them, what are wild edibles. But if you've got those seeds with you, you can learn that way. And that's why I said I guarantee you I can save you at the end of this, and that's what I came up with. I love it. That's wonderful. Now, of all your works, and obviously there's 40, <laughs> or more maybe. Uh, which is your favorite? Which one do you love and why? I think the is because that was my first one. And back then we had so many good preppers. Everybody was reviewing and laughing and having fun with it mm-hmm. and overlooking my editing and everything. And it was, I mean, if you put in Prepper Road March in there, you'll see, you know, probably a thousand videos people did on YouTube and whatnot saying, hey, I couldn't put it down. Oh, I so much and all that sort of thing. So I think that, that one made me feel good. Oh, it is nice to get good feedback. You put this effort. You've got this paper. I'm not sure if you're on paper or if you're on your computer, but you're writing and writing. And in the end, you know, you feel like you've poured your heart into it. And it's so wonderful to put it out there and then have that love come back to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you still get your trolls and whatnot. And yeah. <laughs> I hate Amazon. I get these one-liners. I mean, I have somebody that uh, go out there and give me a great review, mm-hmm. and they'll pull it down two days later and say, oh, you know him or something. What? I'm, I'm like, what? And I can't. And anytime I, I alter to alter, I have to say, you know, on, like if I went and reviewed your book, I'd right. say uh, you know, I reviewed this. I'm an author. If you don't do that, they'll pull your your my review down. But the rest of I come in one liner out of Pakistan, another author that don't like me gave him two bucks to go. Don't buy this book, and they'll let that fly. Yeah, I, I've been there, done that, Ron. I hear you. I feel your pain. <laughs> yeah, we, well, we can't do nothing about trolls, you know. No, you know what? You just keep doing the best you can, and you hope oh, yeah. that as a whole that there are people out there that appreciate your effort and they take the time to read your books and they learn something and then they come back and say, you know what, thank you. I appreciate what you wrote. And I'm sure you get a lot of that. So you just have to let that outweigh. Yeah. I had had a girlfriend that was a dialysis (laughs) nurse back then and uh, she 
took a couple of my books to work with her. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, I could always tell when they were in a certain part of the book because all of a sudden they start bust out laughing over in a corner somewhere. <laughs> and that really made me feel good, you know. Oh, that's wonderful. I know. Well, laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, you know, poor people hooked up to the machines and nothing else. And they're like, don't be sticking my book in front of them. <laughs> I don't have anything to do because I think it was when the TVs were down or something, you know. Yeah. And I said, no, no, that's the old school teacher, this and that. That's what they do, you know. And I, I got all kind of nice, you know, little responses from them and all that sort of thing. So that really made me feel good. That's wonderful. Well, it's always better to read a book than to watch some stupid television program for yeah, everyone. Um, they, they all have stories, too, and uh, I form some of my characters on people I meet quite often. And it's some of those weird names, like southern names I come up with, people like that actually exist in my barbecue joint. I <laughs> <laughs> you, you went out drinking with them and had them over for dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah, you gotta you got to get around a, f- a couple of them. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, yeah, it's nice to know. Or something like that, you can already imagine them as a character. As a real person, right. Yeah. Right, and they do exist. That's funny. So what can we look forward to from Ron Foster in the future? Oh, second edition of uh, Old Man with an Axe. That is my ugly mug on the cover of that, by the way. <laughs> I was Old man with an axe. I think my husband would like to call all of his videos old old man on YouTube. <laughs> uh, he's just relevant, you know. But uh, anyway, I'm having fun with this one because that's great. I'm I'm around uh, what I call my mobile is up the street. Uh, the reason I call them that very quick short story. Uh, I went over to their house one day because mom told me to look up look in on. Them. She was out of town. They were digging a hole. Mm-hmm. And they started digging root cellars and fallout shelters and everything else. I influenced them badly. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> she made them pull them all back in. They like digging holes. I said, if you ever need a hole dug, we're the ones. So I call them the mole boys now. So, but they're always creating, you know, like a. Uh, they'll take a lawnmower and chop it and be riding it up and down the street and whatnot. They come up with some strange things. So I have to go by there to see what they're up to, and they actually exist. <laughs> You know, Ron, you you need to really film some of that because those are the clips that go on all of these uh, YouTubes that blow up and they have like a billion hits. For people exactly like you're describing, they do some silly, ridiculous thing that no one else would think to do and then they get hurt and then everyone like laughs hysterically. So you can make a lot of people laugh with these videos. Yeah, I don't want to get them hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you I mean, they, they to. took a, the, the one thing that they had and they didn't. Well, Mom didn't know that one of them uh, got uh, bit by a car out there. Just uh, in fact, he tried to get over and it just touched him. He just ended up in the ditch. Didn't hurt him any. Anyway, it was a uh, they chopped a, a little moped-looking thing. Mm-hmm. That that now when she went to work, they welded to their mailbox. <gasps> oh no! So they have half. So, so she comes home and sees that thing. And, Oh no! But but she she decided to look cool and it's still there. Oh, that's hilarious! I have to take a picture of that and mail it to you. You have to. <laughs> but like I said, if they ever call you over because they want to demonstrate some funny thing that they're doing, you sh- you could have the, um, an amazing YouTube based on these people. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get them. Well, she told me I was trying to get them killed at the moment because I had a pre-made uh, trap set with snares and whatnot. The guy made them. 
out of a fiberglass, like tent pegs and whatnot, go mm-hmm. together. Really a cool thing. I said, I don't have time to teach y'all boys traps, but here you go, and here's some directions. And I'm like, man, bending over tree limbs. <laughs> oh, you know, no. Somebody going to get whacked now. I said, now film this sh- thing for me. Right, don't put and, your face and, uh, over wear, it. Wear your eye protection, you know. Oh, oh my gosh! All right, so you're you're actually feeding their their craziness. <laughs> well, they get they all carry big old knives and whatnot that I get from my mm-hmm. supporters, you know, and uh, they're country boys. That's what they do, and they, they come up with their own thing. There's a church down there that uh, used to be across the street. They had uh, a baptismal thing off of a spring. It's uh, in the ground. It, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's wooden walls on the thing with a uh, uh, pool ladder going in it. You'll freeze to death in there. Right. And they've been cleaning that thing out as a new water hole. I didn't even know the thing existed, which is really cool, being a prepper, knowing where good water is like that. And hey, fresh spring water. Can't be any yeah, better go, than that. Yeah, let's go, go swimming in here. And I was like, okay. And they're all jumping in there brave, and I told them, Something, somebody asked me something about snakes. I said, no, the snake won't be in there. It's too cold to water. And he's, I'm glad you told me that because Charlie's the youngest. He used to make him jump in there first. <laughs> Just in case. Poor yeah. Charlie. Oh, no. Yeah, they always make Charlie do things. You let's know? get Charlie to do it. Right, It's like the old cereal commercial. Let's, let's get Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, how can listeners obtain copies of your books and um, otherwise get in touch with you, Ron? At Solar Prepper on uh, Twitter. I've got like 25,000 followers over there, and that's the best way I can keep that pretty well monitored. Grab me on Facebook. Well, it has been such a, a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm so happy that you had the time. I know you're a very, very busy person. You have a wonderful day. Thank you again. Well, thank you. It was very much an honor. And that's Nurse Amy's interview with our good friend Ron Foster. I hope you enjoyed this program and that you'll check in next week for another episode of the Survival Medicine Hour with Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Joe Alden, and Amy Alden. Thanks. Oh, and don't forget to join us in Lawrenceville, Georgia, August 29th and August 22nd in Denver, Colorado, where we'll be speaking at the Self-Reliance Expo, and Lawrenceville, Georgia is going to be RK shows. So we're going to have a great time at those places. If you're in the area, please come and visit. You've been listening to the Doom and Bloom Hour with medical preparedness experts Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy. Check out our website at www.doomandbloom.net for hundreds of informative articles about survival medicine, gardening, natural remedies, medical supplies, and lots of other good stuff. Contact us, send your email to drbonespodcast at aol.com or use the contact form on the main page of the website. See you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.